Warning, this show is carefully designed to make you laugh or cry, get upset or be content, to confuse or educate, be depressed or elated. Now, if none of these apply to you, you're either a sociopath or dead. Either way, seek professional help. Parental discretion is advised. Hey, everybody, it's the Podfather, Adam Curry. You're listening to Two Jays in a Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of Two Jays in a Pod. I'm Justice, and I'm joined by John, the regular John. John, how's it going? Not the Pastor John. I am good. How are you? We could start calling you Pastor John. I feel like that could give you an air of credibility. Oh, does that mean I could go hang out at the grade school and it would be perfectly accessible? I was going to say you could just diddle little boys. Right. And it's acceptable because, you know, I'd be a pastor. Well, (laughs) uh, you're correct. Maybe we need to call you a priest. Ah, yes. Catholic priest. That that would be much more credible. Now we'll call you Johnny Priest. (laughs) Johnny Priest. (laughs) Ew. No, I'm all set with that. <laughs> I'll go with fuck I like John. how you're okay with the diddling little boys part. You're just not okay with the Johnny part. Uh, what can I say? Priorities. <laughs> oh, man. So we got super hot weather for everybody not in this section of the country. Uh, for oh, Maine, uh, last, last weekend we hit 91 on Saturday. Yeah. Unseasonably hot. Um, Unseasonably awesome. hot. I'll take it any day of the week. Um, yep. Over the snow. And over the negative 20. Yeah, we're supposed to get like mid-80s on Saturday. Well, so. that week on Tuesday, we were at 34 when I woke up in the morning. Yes. And then Saturday, it was 91. Absolutely. Only in May. And where I'm going on my trip, I looked at the historical weather, and it's like 85 all year round every day. Yeah, where are you <laughs> going on May, your trip? Uh, we're going to hit uh, New Orleans, and then I'm going to get on a boat to Cozumel and Progreso. For five days. Progresso. So the soup, you're going to the soup place? Yeah, yeah. I figure they got to if they don't have good soup, I'm going to be disappointed. Absolutely. So so New Orleans. So when it, now when is this trip? Uh, next week. Oh, wow. Already next week. Yep. Next Friday, I, next Friday, I go down to my sister's, and then Saturday morning, they're going to drive me to the Portland airport. And then... Uh, fly out and I'll arrive in New Orleans around five o'clock Saturday and my boat doesn't leave until three o'clock Monday morning. How Monday evening. Wow. Okay. So that's good. So New Orleans for a couple days. Yep. A couple for, days first in New time Orleans. to the Big Easy. Oh yeah. And it's the, the hotel is right on the other side of the convention center from the port. So within walking distance. So I don't have to worry about Ubers and cabs and shit. Well, I'll tell you a pro tip. Always download Uber and get, Uber and get it set up anyway. Oh, it is. Because I plan on the, the two days I'm there, I plan on going to the French Quarter and seeing some of the cultural places in the area. I didn't know strip clubs were cultural, but good idea. <laughs> yes, tell me all about your ancestry while you shake them titties. <laughs> That's right. I can tell from looking at your boobs, you tan. Uh <laughs> Clearly, you're from, like, Ireland or something. It must be pasty white, Uh, (laughs) other than the fact you're black. But the point is. (laughs) And the fact that your pasties are white. (laughs) That's right. I couldn't believe that in Bangor, the strip club in Bangor, you know, they were allowed to be a strip club as long as they wore pasties over their nipples. Like, that's doing anything. (laughs) It's true. And it's stupid. Like, it's just stupid. Yeah. 
I tell you, uh, I, the, the strip club rules everywhere are always a little bit different. They always have a little bit of um, weird shit that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, well, they just got house rules, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so like in Arizona, it's okay to go to a strip club and buy a soda. And if you buy a soda and they don't serve alcohol, the girls can get fully naked. No pasties, no nothing. They go full nude. But if you want a beer, the girls can only go topless. <laughs> Someone please logic that out for me. Now, I know there's a bunch of people who are actually trying to logic that out right now. Like, no, that makes sense. No, that's totally true. Now, let me blow your mind. Now, there will be strip clubs that have two sides. They're a duplex strip club. So you'll walk into the entryway and you can go to the left side, which has a bar that serves alcohol, or you can go to the right side, which does not serve alcohol. And what's the separator between the two sides? Nothing. You go over to the left side, you have a bunch of drinks, and then when you're done drinking, you walk over to the right side and get dances from full nude girls. Yeah, I, I can hear the argument, oh, well, because alcohol, they would get a lot more handsy, and we don't want them showing everything because that could get out of control because those pasties are stopping shit. <laughs> right. I mean, let's just be honest. If a girl's going to put her boob in your mouth, with or without a pasty, it's going in your mouth. <laughs> right. And not to mention, sometimes pasties are a good idea for those silver dollar nipples. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Silver dollar nipples are great. It's I mean, silver dollar areolas. It's the McGriddle sausage patty <laughs> nipples you got to worry about. And yeah. those don't need pasties. Those need um, <laughs> duct tape. A bra. A bra and duct tape. Yeah. Can't figure out how to get this shit off. Um, I, oh my gosh. I think Gorilla I, glue and duct tape. That's what they need. And, that way, and, when they take the duct tape off, it's going to rip the entire nipple off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. But yeah, so so in, in in Maine, yeah, you have to most of the strip clubs here have to have pasties on. Yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, you can, everything else is well. You have to. You can't also can't take your bottoms off. And there is a, a subset of club out west as well. And this is again, this is crazy how people just get by things, and you know, like how escorts are basically legal prostitutes. Yeah, you know, there was a club called a modeling club. In Phoenix, so you, I, I'm going to ask because I don't know what you guys have out here. I've never seen it here, but I've never looked. So out in big cities, you have these um, basically high gloss city mags, where they advertise a bunch of stupid bullshit like the head shops and whatever. But usually in the back is where they advertise like the escorts or the clubs. And they have them scattered around like next to newspaper stands and shit. So when you're in the city, you can just Open the machine, they're free, you can take one, and they'll be like, oh, go to this strip club and get like $5 off the cover charge at the back type thing. Do you oh, guys yeah. have anything like that here? Uh, no, I, I think they're, I think, well, first of all, the strip club we had in Bangor, the owner was very rebellious and decided to put it right next to a church, which caused her all kinds of problems. So uh, they couldn't even advertise. They, you know, there was, they, they were so locked down, it wasn't even funny. Hmm. Well, I just meant the magazine, but yeah, so it, this yeah, magazine, no, it, it, it advertises a lot of like escorts and yeah. shady shit, basically. Gotcha. Well, when I was young, girl, uh, under 30, I 
had one of these magazines that was going through because they were floating around everywhere. And I was looking through the back and I see a coupon for a modeling club. And it was like free half hour. I didn't know what a modeling club was. So I look up the address. I'm seeing where it's at. It's actually like two streets away from a strip club that I drove a lot of dancers at. So I was like, how have I never seen this club or heard of it? Like, what is going on? So one day I'm bored. I got some time on my hands. I'm like, I'm going to go to this club and check it out. I have this coupon. (laughs) I don't know. If they're giving me a free half hour, though, I'm assuming, like, maybe I have to pay by the half hour. I don't know. Like, is this like a half hour long lap dance? What's going on? So I go driving over there, and it's basically... And this is in the city. It's basically like a double wide trailer. Okay. And like, I think there's like a tiny sign in one of the windows that even signifies I'm in the right area. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is super sketch. Let's keep checking it out. We'll make wise decisions today. <laughs> Things we do sub 30. <laughs> Correct. So I go in. Is this dimly lit trailer. There's a desk when you go in with like a phone on it and a clipboard and nobody else. Like the place is pretty much empty. There's like no other customers is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then the door opens immediately from the side room and this woman comes out and she's wearing all black lingerie and has like a robe on. I'm like, okay. And she's like, hey, how are you? Like, blah, blah, blah. Is this, is this your first time here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, just figured I'd come check it out and see what the fuck you guys are. <laughs> so she's like, oh, okay, cool. Come with me. Like, we'll get you all set up. So she takes me through a hallway and opens a door into a room. It's about the size of a mobile home bedroom. Okay. Small. So. Pretty small. <laughs> so she opens it. There's a, a love a love seat on the right wall with a little stand and a lamp. And then on the other wall is just this little like end table with like one of those CD boom boxes that's like round. Yep. The old school ones. <clears throat> yeah. And like two lamps. One of them has like one of these uh red lace coverings over the shade to give that slight red tint, but doesn't really do a whole lot. And you got that yellow from the light bulb that looks like it was a heavy smoker, but yeah. And I go, okay. And she's like, all right, cool. She's like, well, go ahead and and get all comfortable. Um, there's a robe on the back of the door if you want one. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. (laughs) I even don't even know what I'm doing here. So I sit on the love seat. Just boop. Okay. Because I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. Yep. But it's a modeling club, a.k.a. I don't know. So I, I sit there for maybe two minutes, and there's a light knock at the door. And it's her. And she comes in. And she's like, she gets like all flustered and mad. She's like, you didn't get comfortable at all. And I'm like, um, I'm, I'm comfy. (laughs) And she's, so she starts talking to me and she's like, well, you want me to be comfortable, right? And I'm like, yes. 
I think I think that's the answer I'm supposed to say. Right? I, um, I guess. And she's like, well, I want you to get as comfortable as you want me. And she, like, starts pulling my shirt off. And so she pulls my shirt off. Then she's, like, undoing my pants. And she's pulling my pants down. And so she takes my pants and my shirt off. So I'm standing there in my boxer briefs. And then she's like, if, if you're too shy to go any further, that's fine. That's That's good enough. And me, I don't shy away from a challenge. So I'm like, <laughs> whoop, done. There you go. They're off. I'm great. I'm not shy at all. Because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. So then she, like, pushes me back on the love seat. And she's like, see, isn't this much nicer? Like, aren't you comfortable? A.K.A. I see you have no wires. Um, <laughs> this is not a sting operation. I now know you're not a cop. Unless it's up my rectum, and then it's going to be a muffled. And you're still going to see like an antenna, and that's not. That's, not, <laughs> that's okay. That's my tampon. Um, an so, anal tampon for those so, shitty days. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so I'm sitting there. So she now she starts like, kind of straddling me, but more, kind of, still on my knees. Oh, okay. And yep. boom, boobs out. She. She pulls down her laundry and has her boobs out. Immediately grabs my hands and puts them right on her boobs. And she's like, we totally allow mutual touching here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. That's, again, I think there's some state regulations that might disagree with this. But <laughs> I'm just sitting there. And federal for that matter. <laughs> and then she reaches down and grabs my junk with one hand. And then grabs my hand. And she goes, here, you have to put your hand here. It basically makes me wrap my hand around my own dick. And she's like, this is how we ensure we're safe. What? I am so confused right now. And what then sort she, of Scientology bullshit exactly. is this? Exactly. So then she like slides a little bit lower, you know, getting closer to me. It kind of starts grinding on me a little bit. I should definitely disclaimer to everybody listening. This lady's probably 41. Has fake boobs. Yeah, I'm in mid twenties. Has she has fake boobs? Her face is a D. Her body's a C. Like you need the black lights of a strip club if you're going to look at this woman and be like <laughs> impressed. I was not yeah. impressed. Um, but I also still have no fucking idea what's going on. And this is about sixteen, seventeen minutes in. So then she leans forward as she starts um, grinding on me. And she leans over into my ear and she's like, 400 and I'll blow you. 600 and, <laughs> 600 and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and I just looked at her. Mind you, I used to be decent looking when I was younger. And I just look over and I go, do I look like the kind of guy who would ever pay you for sex? <laughs> and she was like oh it's okay we take credit cards and we're very discreet and I go yeah cool uh, I'm not buying that so I mean cool so she got all pissed off oh yeah obviously yeah. I've just now spent 20 minutes in this room making her undress me when I didn't want to be undressed and had no idea what was going on anyway, you labeled yourself as a modeling club right not a, not a, whore a house. ugly I'm an ugly whore that needs to get boned. So she's like, Oh, okay, well then if you're not gonna get anything, you can get dressed and uh meet me out front. Okay. I get up, get my clothes on. I go walking out to the front. She's like, Alright, that was a half hour, so forty dollars. 
And I go, I have this coupon. <laughs> she was a light. Living. She was so mad. Because I literally handed her this coupon and just walked the walked fuck out. out. The door. Like, wow. I still think I overpaid, ma'am, and walk out. I would like half this coupon back, please. And do me a favor. Can you get a little more comfortable around me and put a snowsuit on? <laughs> That's how comfortable I want to be right now. Well, and here's the thing. This is the question, ultimately, that I was going for, which is, how are they not busted? Yeah. Like, regardless of the checking for a wire, it's very apparent what's going on there. Yeah. No traffic, lead you into a room, tell you that you can get as comfortable as you want them to get it, and then proposition you in your ear whispering for, you know, insane money for sex yeah you know they don't need to be wearing a wire if they're a cop <laughs> and then my other question is who's actually taking advantage of that right those right. prices way... were astronomical yeah why in the world that is, would that i is pay six hundred dollars for sex new york escort model price yeah i mean i can get an escort for 100 bucks 120 bucks an hour that's decent yep. looking yeah, not 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 a heffalump for six hundred. Like just I don't know, like, and it just it brings to mind. I now know who services that business. <laughs> and they all post on misconnections. Yes, one hundred percent. Because, I I mean, yeah, yeah, no. The closest I've gotten to a strip club in Maine was when one of my sisters worked at one. And my father refused to go pick her up from said club, so I would sit outside and I'd wait for her to get out and she, you know, give her a ride home. This was when I was uh, 20, 21. Um, no, I had to be older than that because she had to be eighteen. Anyway, um, I'd go pick her up and then, Did she? Uh, yeah, yeah, she was over eighteen. Um, <laughs> and I remember one time. Because it was only a couple weeks that I picked her up. And one time she said that a bouncer quit and that I should apply. Now, I know this is recorded voice, but you should be... A lot of people probably can tell by my voice. I'm not exactly someone who would be a bouncer. I mean, I feel like if you were a boxer and you had your name on shorts, it'd be like String Bean Machine. Right. I, maybe maybe the human an, rubber uh, band. one of those secret MMA fighters that's just wily. But, you know, but that's secondary to the fact of why would I apply for a job that in, was entailed watching my sister undress? You've heard of Wiley Coyote? <laughs> yeah. John is Wiley I Wear Floaties. <laughs> yes. Can't you swim? No, I'm thinking of those yellow ones that go on your arms, look like muscles. Oh. It just wears a big sweater <laughs> oh, over yeah. them. So. John weighs 111 pounds, and his floaties like, weigh like 11 SN- of those pounds. The SNL, uh, uh, what were those bodybuilders? Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz. They came here to pump. You are. Um, yeah, it, but it's like, yeah, I, and and there was one night that I, it was after closing, and she hadn't come out, and I went into the lobby to ask if she was still there. And so I, like, caught a glimpse of where people sit, but not the club itself. 
Yeah, that's as close as I've been to a strip club. I've never been one to I, I've never seen the enticement of just having strangers take their clothes off in front of me. Hey, yo, if I can't touch, it's what's the point? <laughs> okay, well, I'm I mean, I'm I'm definitely nowhere noble like that. No, I've frequented strip strip clubs between like 18 and 20 18 and 21. Well, we only had one, and I knew the kind of people that worked there, so the interest just wasn't there. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you like after being on both sides, I don't know what the appeal of strippers are. Like, I mean, now that sounds weird, I'm sure, or unexplained. I, I understand the appeal. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful women taking off their clothes and charging you $20 for two songs is great. But I, after driving so many strippers and actually knowing strippers, yeah, like there's zero appeal. They're all insane. They all have severe issues. They're almost all either alcoholics or drug addicts. You know, you not always many hear, of them are going to college, right? Well, <laughs> and and you know, yeah, okay. There might be the girl who's you know putting herself through college and decided to strip to do it. I mean, she's still doing drugs and has a lot of issues besides that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one. I'll put it this way: there was one girl my sister worked with that they called the fish, and it wasn't because of her dance moves. Well, that's good because fish aren't sexy. <laughs> but, and I was like, there was, you know, and, and it's just like, I mean, it's Maine. I mean, what quality of stripper are you really going to get? <laughs> yeah, well, and so. As you've always said, you know, a Maine 8 is, uh, you know. California uh, 5. California 5. <laughs> and, well, and so one of the dancers I used to drive regularly, I was her only driver. I'd take her to work every day she worked. I would pick her up. We would stop at the convenience store, and she would buy a fifth of vodka and a 32-ounce Gatorade. And she would dump out three-quarters of the Gatorade into the parking lot and fill that bottle up with three-quarters of vodka. She would have that gone in the 30 minutes it took to drive to the club. So what was the point of mixing it? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just chug the vodka and be done with it. <laughs> so then she would top off when we got to the club because she wasn't supposed to drink on the job. Right. But then she'd pack the eighth of a bottle of vodka that was left in her bag with the Gatorade and take it in with her anyway. <laughs> and this woman was in a relationship with a guy who made high six figures. He hated that she danced. He begged her to stop, and she just told him no, and he just put up with it. So she wasn't even doing it for money. No, she was doing it because she got to drink. Yep. And I can tell you that but and my question to that is, you did it. I mean, what would be the difference? Uh, what part did stripping take a play in that? Because you bought the vodka, you bought the Gatorade. You're not supposed to drink at the strip club, so you're drinking anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not just go to a park and drink? Well, because <laughs> you don't get paid for it, and you don't get oh. spoiled, and you don't get attention. True. So I will say this: one thing specifically about her, most strippers aren't whores. They, but they are very good at milking pathetic people. Yep. So, you know, she would go in, and since she wasn't supposed to drink, she anybody she was dancing for, she would make them buy a drink so she could sip off of it. Yep. So you got guys paying for your time, buying drinks that you're drinking, and then all these guys would be like, hey, we should get out of here. We should go party. And she'd be like... 
well, you know, I have to make a certain amount of money because I have all this, all these fees I have to pay to be here. And he'd be like, well, well how much do you have to make? And she'd be like, well, I have to make 300 And they'd go to the ATM and pull out 300 bucks and give it to her. Wow. She would tip the bartender, tip the bouncer, tip the DJ, and pocket about 150 200 bucks, yep. And then she'd leave with these guys. And they'd typically go to a bar where she would then ring up a bar tab and drink with them or go to their house and get drunk. And then about an hour or so before I'd normally go get her, I'd get a call on my cell phone that said, hey, I need to be picked up. How fast can you be here? And I'd find out where she was. And then she'd go, oh, by the way, I'm not at the club. You know, I left with this guy. Like, And he doesn't know you're coming, so get here as fast as you can. <laughs> so then as they think the evening's winding down and they're going to get three inches deep, I pull up in front of the house and text her and say, I'm here. And then all of a sudden the door opens and she comes walking out with her bag and these guys would be following her livid. <laughs> like they would just yep. be pissed off. Oh, you can't leave. I just paid you $500. Like blah, blah, blah. She go, oh, but I have to go home now. Like. Well, I'll drive you home. No, no, Jay will drive me home. He he He's going to take care of me. Thanks. Mm. And these guys would, like, get all pissed off, rowdy. Yep. And then I'd have to get out of the car and walk around to open her door. And they'd see me, and they'd kind of back the fuck up and shut up. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, you, you do. You, you look like a bouncer. You look like someone not to fuck with. Well, back then I definitely did because I was in shape. And, yeah, and then I'd take her home. And I can tell you, like, the reason so many girls had me drive for them is because they would go, you never asked me to take my clothes off in your car. You don't hit on me or proposition me. You don't come to the club when I'm not using you and try and get dances from me. You, you don't hit on me. You're polite, and you provide a safe environment, and that's it. And yep. I go, yeah, because none of that shit you just said pays my bills. Right. Yep. And that's it. You know, professional, you know, professionalism. It's, and I guess that's the thing. Cause that's one thing that people say, like celebrities say about Maine is you don't have a lot of that fanboy type reaction from people in Maine that just, you know, Oh my God, Oh my God, it's so-and-so. And then swarm you, you know, they, most, most Maine people, you know, they might say, Hey, they might, make contact try to make contact but they don't harass you yeah well and that's i think that's the way it should be i'm a big fan of don't learn anything about people's personalities if you're interested in them (laughs) yep like not interested in a relationship i mean famous people yep because inevitably they're gonna let you down as a good friend of mine named jamie says they're going to open their mouth and say something fucking stupid and it's going to ruin the whole experience for me and then all the all whatever I was a fan of is shot. Yep. You know, you're you're going to find a singer that you like or or something and you're going to see him at the bar and you're going to go up to say hi and and as you're talking they're going to be like sometimes women just need to be slapped and you're like, "Oh, fuck me." <laughs> fucking hey. You're just a dipshit and I can't deal with you anymore. Yep. That's why I never want to meet people like Ryan Reynolds or, you know, uh, Sean Connery or, you know, I met, you know, it's like, no, no. Sean Connery's uh, dead. Yeah, I know. But and at he, the time. He was a woman beater, according to his own 
he said he felt it was totally okay to hit women and that he had done that numerous times. I don't need to know this. <laughs> well, I mean, he's dead now, so it's okay. I'm soiling his reputation. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like, no. Uh, and I guess that's the thing, you know. It, it, I, like I always told my daughter, don't go shining flashlights in the dark, people, dark corners of people's lives, you, you know, unless you're ready for what you're going to find. Or just realize that people are people. Yeah. And that's the thing. Celebrities, they're they're all just money-hungry fags. Like, <laughs> realistically, like, all they're doing is promoting their work, right? Like, Do you, do you feel like we've, we're, we're running into, a, a, like, a, almost like a Hunger Games fifth element type of situation where we're giving way more power to popularity than integrity? Oh, yeah. I mean, well... I don't know if I get the Hunger Games reference other than the inflation, but yeah. I mean, you're you're dealing with... It's amazing how many people let themselves be influenced by a, celeb- uh, a celebrity who is really just some jack-off repeating whatever shit they heard. Like, yep. not a whole lot of celebrities actually have informed, educated opinions on shit, nor do any of them really have, in my opinion, a realistic worldview. Right. You know, I'm not going to look at a millionaire and talk about, man, gas prices are so high. They don't give a fuck. No, they just filled up their jet to fly over. They rented an island for them and 10 of their friends to go fuck random people. There's no concern there. And, And people put so much stock in that. People, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I... I, I'm definitely, it's a it's a huge point of contention for me. Yeah, I I get really irritated with. I understand people's success and wanting to be successful, and I they have that right. I'm not saying they shouldn't. It just amazes me how many people will support them to the point of where these people are making ungodly amounts of money. Yep, and it's just considered normal. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they, uh, you know, and I, that's the way I feel about, like, uh, politicians. It's like, why is it that the wealthy are determining how a country runs when they don't even understand the, the lives of 75% of the people of the country? Yep. Or why do politicians have access to make money and invest and do things that other people don't have access to. Yep. Or have access to, but you know, they can influence the decisions of things that may impact financial outcomes. So last time I checked insider trading was a federal crime. Right. <laughs> and you know, if it was you or I, we'd be nailed to the wall. But I mean, we're talking oh, yeah. about uh, you know, the Will Smith Chris Rock thing, right? Yeah. If I slapped Chris Rock, I'd be in prison right now. And oh, I'd yeah. be labeled as a white supremacist who assaulted a black guy. And a racist and all these other labels they could throw at you. Did you hear about the fan that got on stage and uh, tackled Dave Chappelle? No. Or uh, I don't know if he necessarily tackled. He, tried, he assaulted Dave Chappelle on stage. Really? Yep. I did not hear and about security that. Security broke both of his arms, broke his hands, handcuffed him, threw him away, and now he's getting multiple felony charges. Ah, yeah. 
Now, if he had his own YouTube channel and had millions of hits, it would have been different. Right. Well, and it was funny because of all people, Howard Stern came out and said, this shows how out of touch Hollywood is. Oh, yeah. Like Will Smith, he said, this should have happened to Will Smith. Yeah, but People were Will immediately consoling black. Dave Chappelle because he was the victim, making sure he was okay. But when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, you had Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, and a bunch of people consoling Will Smith. Yeah. He didn't get escorted out. He didn't get arrested. He didn't get forced to leave. No bodily injury. He assaulted somebody and then got an award for it. Like, yep. So it, it's just interesting how... Even in the light of saying that out loud, it just happened with Dave Chappelle with a completely different result. And yep. people are not up in arms about it. No. Nope. I've been watching a little bit of footage of this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh, my God. That is so entertaining. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm actually the opposite. I find it so cringe. Well, I just I, fi I find it hilarious that her lawyer calls a witness to the stand, asks him questions, and then objects on hearsay. And the judge says, "You asked the question." Yes. It, well, I the, some of the ones I watched were when Johnny was on the stand. Yeah. And every question they asked, he immediately objected as hearsay. Yeah. And he was every time he tried to talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, really, like. This is what people are concerned about in the world. Yeah. Hey, notice nobody gives a fuck about the Ukraine. Yeah, nobody cares about the Ukraine. Black or the Lives fact that matter. we just passed another $38 billion plan to help Ukraine out, which, by the way, was $8 billion more than Biden asked for. Yeah, yeah. But yet the, the gas is now uh, four fifty nine people. a gallon. But we're worried about the fucking Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Yep. Well, and the other thing that I brought up the other day was I find it interesting how all the Trump haters have all of a sudden got really, really quiet. I haven't heard much from people who I personally know that hated Trump don't have much to say in the way of politics anymore. <laughs> it, it, it's that or they double down. Yeah, you know, it's like like my father and his wife, I hear nothing about politics whatsoever from them, period. When they were the biggest anti-Trumpers in the world, it's like, right, because your boy's fucking things up even worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because with my father, we, we discussed it very briefly, and I was just commenting about gas. And, um, and he goes, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty high, but I mean, you know, he's better than the other guy. <laughs> How do you define better when it's worse? <laughs> when the unemployment's higher, the gas price is higher, the cost of everything is higher. Inflation's at like 8% higher than, yeah, no. <laughs> when states are considering giving out stimulus to people to combat inflation, you well, know, I'm just saying. And recently Joe Biden did a speech where he was telling everybody that he inherited a down economy. No, you caused a down economy. No. It was doing fairly decently towards the end of Trump's Yeah. Term. Yeah, no, it was it was <laughs> bouncing back. You you shut down the country. It was going for a slam dunk and you denied it. <laughs> like Yeah, I don't know. It's so annoying. Yeah, and now all these, you know, and then as we as we creep through the summer, you're hearing more and more about corona again. 
Well, it's again, so we're on a rotation, right? Yep. So Ukraine isn't really flowing, so they're doing the whole Roe v. Wade thing. They're pushing that narrative, trying to keep that going. Then the you know, now they're pushing the 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 Buffalo shooter who was a racist who left a manifesto who shot multiple black people at a grocery store, killed multiple people, and the news is saying that he was, you know, a right-wing Republican MAGA guy. When yep. in his manifesto he states he's not a conservative, he thinks conservatives suck, he actually had a picture of Ben Shapiro in his manifesto and labeled him as a rat, and that wow. he should be gone. Like these, And yet they're saying that people like Shapiro are pushing his narrative. Like, all right. So, again, like, it's just a narrative. We're just creating our own environments now, and everything boils to it's Trump's fault. Yep. Again, literally have Biden in a speech refer to Trump as the MAGA king. Do you think that insults Trump? (laughs) He's going to wear that shit like a badge. Yep. And and the, the... Funny thing is, is Biden, your your motto or whatever you want to call it, is a global republic motto. Build back better. That was the UN's motto. Yeah, it was. It was. It was uh, the global U- democracy. That sorry, I used the wrong term. Yeah, no, the European Union. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a build back better was used in the UK. It was used in Germany. It's everywhere. Like you're just you're you're doing a globalist movement. Yep, which America stands out, you know, or as history, in history, has stood out against the, you, uh, the the, any sort of socialist regime. Yeah, we're anti-globalists yeah. as Americans. Like that's the whole thing. But that this we're is supposed where we're to at. be about freedoms. We're we're in a situation where nobody should own anything. Everybody should rent everything. And why, again, so politicians, actors, why would any of these people care about inflation? All they're doing is creating a bigger wealth gap between the rich and the poor. They're making more poor and lower class by killing everybody financially. Yep. And it doesn't affect them. So in the end, their their goals are met because they're still the super wealthy. Yeah. Well, like we talked about a while back there, you know, I remember 10 years ago, if I, I, you know, my thought was if I had a salary of 45000 I would be set. Now, I have that salary, and I can't afford to tune up my bike, yep. you know? It, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we have not made the economy any better with anything that Biden has done. And I'm not saying Trump didn't have some part to play. Maybe there's things he did that made it worse as well, but the over the overarching fact of the matter is that nothing is getting better economically and when thing you know when people are struggling the way people are struggling right now you're gonna be hard pressed to come back from that well you know what i'm just really sick and tired of hearing is a living wage oh so and so refuses to pay their workers a living wage shut the fuck up a living wage is what's driving our economy into the toilet, killing small, medium business, taking out any private companies that are, are can't afford this bullshit you're pushing, driving up the cost of every product we use. Yep. 
because of your living wage. A friend of mine just leased a Ford Bronco. Ugh. And that lease, I think is a two year lease, eight seventy five a month. Holy fuck. I can't even afford three hundred a month. Yep. I can't afford two hundred a month right now. Yep. Like I am glad I don't have a car payment at the moment because I have no idea how I would make it. Right now, gas in my area is four fifty nine a gallon. Yep. Heating oil is almost $5 a gallon. And this is off-season. This is yep. when it's supposed to go down. Yep. I have to start saving for oil for next winter. And I have to wait till July before I even consider it because I can't afford these prices. I have to hope they're going to come down. Yep. And with us giving money over to the Ukraine, uh, you know, something that doesn't, that we have no business being there. In my opinion, sorry if people disagree, but, you know, we have such shit going on at home. We should be focusing on fixing our own infrastructure before we go trying to fix Europe's. Right. Well, again, what does it have to do with us? Yep. Nothing. Let them hash it out. I am so tired of, oh, man, these propaganda bullshit, these interviews of, oh, our, my husband's a soldier in the Ukraine army. He's a hero. I don't think the world's doing enough. When the fuck did the world do anything for my friends and family in the military? Explain to me what the Ukraine has done for America. Explain to me what any country has done for <laughs> America when it comes. Except for China. They make all our shit. <laughs> I mean, I can talk, obviously, like the Brits. The UK fought with us in the World War. All the World Wars. Like, I, I can talk about Israel. Yeah, you know, we have allies that actually do stuff. However, the UK, Israel, guess what? They're not cutting us checks to help us out when Katrina strikes. Nope. So, once again, we're the checkbook for everybody, and we get nothing out of it. Which is what, I, in my opinion, I feel Trump was trying to Correct. Well, he was, and just like pulling us out of the Paris Accord after we were dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into something that nobody else was doing, we were financing. Yep. Why in the world are we not drilling for oil on our country when gas when prices are five dollars a gallon? Yep. When heating oil is five plus dollars a gallon. Well, my neighbor brought up the other day: diesel costs more than gasoline right now. Yes. And, you know, diesel is a byproduct of the production of gasoline. Right. It's less <laughs> so refined. So how is it more? Again, heating oil is yeah. slightly refined diesel. Mm -hmm. Like, and you have all these situations where you're going, we have the keys to control our own country. Yep. And what's our solution? Oh, everybody needs to be on electric vehicles. Green New Deal. Well, and the other thing is, is how can we how can we put production on U.S. soil when we're making the wages so unattainable by the people who would make those production facilities? Well, because again, you go to a lot of the states where the production would be, like Alaska, Texas. Those ones, you still don't have crazy wages. And sure. if you started doing that, the cost of things would start to go down. Or should. It would. Absolutely. We'd have a surplus. Stop importing. Stop paying yeah. $70 a barrel for oil. 
If you started importing, we go back to $25, $30 a barrel. Yep. And you would get gas that's back down to $1.20 a gallon, heating oil that's affordable. People would travel more. It would free up money to put money into the economy. It would help take a burden off of people. Again, I can't afford any car, but now you want me to buy an electric car, which are all really expensive. Yep. I work 40 miles away from where I live. An electric car takes eight, nine hours to charge a full tank. And on a full tank, you get about 200 miles. I would have to charge the car every three days. Yep. And what would that do to your electric bill? There you go. My electric bill went up 88% this year. Yep. Because that's the rate hike. Oh, so, you know, again, all these people are assholes. They're not looking out for you. You can call it a conspiracy theory, but I find it very interesting that we shut down the corridor corridor in November, and then in January our electricity went up eighty eight percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? and it and it's again, it's it's a push because what are people going to do? Say no. Seems how we only have. I mean, supposedly there's an electric marketplace, a power marketplace where you can choose who your supplier is, but it's still Versant that. <laughs> we're being billed from right well my point is what are people going to do say no i don't need electricity yeah i mean if people had that option i'm sure they would yeah no we're going to just shut off our electric for eight months fuck you as a company if you're going to raise our rates and guess what those rates would come right back down yep but nobody can do that so therein lies the monopoly but if enough of people didn't do it then the rates would just go up for everybody else right you would just end up having a point and like and i'm not Trust me, I'm not encouraging everybody to shut off the electric. <laughs> I'm just because then you run into the senior community, people with breathing machines, you know, oxygen, things like that. They can't afford to. They they can't do it. Fridges, people can't keep food. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's not a viable point. No. But nope. when you're going to the grocery store and spending 120 dollars on two bags, you should fucking reevaluate. Yep. And people should oh, yeah. be fucking outraged. Oh yeah. And and that's that's where the you know I've always said you know people people can be pushed to a certain point and once they reach that point if you push enough people to that point something's going to happen. Um, I don't know what that point is, but yeah, I don't know if you can honestly tell. right. I don't know honestly though if you actually have a point like that now. I think you could do it back in the day because people were more self-sufficient. Again, before power companies in the 1800s, you could, uh, you're infringing on people. I mean, look what they did for taxes. Yep. They did, they, we left England because of the taxes. We did the Boston Tea Party because of the taxes, and that was just taxes. Yeah, everything everything you do is taxed in one way. You know, your income's taxed, your sales are taxed, your Property investments taxed, are taxed, your property's taxed. taxed. You know, everything is taxed, and you know the but the what I what I what comes to my mind when I think about this whole situation is you see these companies that are enforcing vaccination mandates, and the entire company is getting up and walking out. And that's what I mean by, you know, people will face a sacrifice if you push them too far. You know, they'll sacrifice themselves, you know, if if they get pushed to a point that they are unwilling to budge. And that's why I said I had a conversation with someone uh, the other week and I said, you know, 
I, I had this dream, and no, I'm not doing a Martin Luther King here. Um, I, I had a dream the other night where I was standing in front of Congress saying, your power is imagined. Your power is only is a perceived power based on what we allow you to have. There yeah, are 369 that... million people that if you push enough too far. Well, then they just label you as an insurrectionist. Right. And, that's why I said there you enough go. people. Well, yeah, but I mean that's that's the point. Like, the the problem is, you mobilizing that many people, you're still going to have. Again, they're taking away the guns, right? They're taking away your rights. They're taking away your freedoms. So if they control all the police and the military or a good chunk of them, there's still not going to be much you can do, and that will devolve into a civil war or a massive scrape, which again loses the point. Right. And that's not something I'm even a fan of. You know, I would prefer if our politicians would gain some ethical grounds and start doing what's right for the people rather than what's right for their pockets. Right. But that'll never happen. Right. It's just a matter of they need to understand because the bottom line is what will happen is this will continue until it does start to affect their pocketbooks, which it is starting to affect slightly. And that's going to be when you're going to see some change. But. They also need it to go back. They're going to start looking for shit over the next six months to a year because they're coming up to election time. Yep. And that's why I said you're going to start hearing more about Corona and you're going to start hearing about these things that were big ticket items during the last, you know, during the presidential election that, you know, the the it's going to start rearing its head for this election because, you know, why not beat a dead horse? Yep. And that's what they love to do. An interesting question was asked to me. I figured I would ask you on the show, which Mm -hmm. was, let's talk about one or two or whatever you want. I'd like to hear some of your best childhood memories. Best childhood? Actually, there's one I can share that I was sitting outside on the anniversary of my mom passing. I, I don't know. I, what's a better word than anniversary? Because that sounds so cruel. <laughs> Memoriam? Uh, but anyway. I, I would say, uh, man, I had something I lost. Don't get old, people. Continue. <laughs> um, but so I had gone out to Governor's, uh, which is one of her, well, was one of her favorite restaurants. And then when I got home, I was sitting there thinking about my childhood. And I remember one day she had packed my sister, one of her friends, one of my sister's friends, me and my brother in the van. And she was taking us to the beach. It was it was June and it was just hot as shit. We got in the van and we were driving out towards uh, Holden. And just as we got in front of the Lucerne Inn, black smoke just started billowing out of the back of the car. And the car shit the bed. And we were we were there on the side of the road. And we were there for probably an hour because this was before cell phones and, and whatnot. So, you know, getting anybody to help, you know, took forever. Um, but my grandparents came and picked us up and, and we got the car towed and we got back to the house. And I remember my mother sitting at the table, bawling her eyes out. And I went and asked her why she was so upset. And she said, because I really wanted to take you to the beach today. And that may sound sad, but it was one of those, 
it was it showed it was one of those moments that showed me exactly how much my mother loved us children. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Very, uh, very interesting. How old were you in that memory? I was probably seven. And then I would say the other one would be when my uncle, who was a painter in Florida, came up to visit as a gift to the family. He bought us a VCR, our very first VCR. And for the next week, every night, my mother would take us all up to front row video and we all got to pick out a movie to rent. And that week, it was just, I don't know, it it was just a, it's hard to put into words, but it was one of the happiest weeks that I can remember growing up because I feel like my mother was happy that she could give her children that. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it was, it was just a great week. Nice. How about you? I know we've heard a lot of your childhood. Um, I don't know. I have been pondering the question since it was asked to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's interesting. And that was the second part of my question to you was what amount or what effect do you think your current state of mind, viewpoint, and age play on your memories. Meaning if I'd asked you 10 years ago what your best memory from childhood was, do you think it would be different? Do you, what do, you, do you think that the loss of your mother has now influenced those memories in a different section or being un, able to understand trauma or um, pain that you were dealing with at the time may affect your view on the memories now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you would have asked me, well, it would have to be more than 10 years ago, but if you had asked me in my 20s what my what my fondest memories were, it would have been going camping with my father when we ha- had to walk an hour and a half into the woods to get to the lake. The entire family, cousins, uncles, aunts, the entire family went. And the Christmas that all of us cousins Stood, you know, were outside at midnight trying to see Santa Claus. Those would have been the two I probably would have chosen back in my twenties. But as as I've aged, and like you said, you know, with mom passing, I, I put a, uh, I, the memories I have. The meaning behind the memories are more important than the memories themselves. So, are those memories now not good memories? Oh, no, they're great memories, but they just didn't have the value that I place on these new memories because they were they were entertaining at the moment, whereas the new memories are fulfilling on a much deeper level. Gotcha. Do you have any memories that you considered or thought of as bad memories or not good memories that have changed now and you view them in a different light? Um, well, one bad memory was being sat down and my father 
and mother talking to us and telling us they were getting a divorce. Which, at the time, was devastating. As I got older, and I realized, and I, and I started realizing what life was like when they were married, as opposed to who they were as people then, you know, at the time, which was in my early 20s, I realized that was a good move, because I remember when they were married, there were no good memories. It was always fighting and drinking and, and, and one year for Christmas, you know, my father had, had a drinking problem. One year for Christmas, we got, we each got a pad of paper and a pencil. That was our Christmas. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, not that gifts were an issue, but the, the fact that the money that the that money was being spent on what was considered more important than our Christmas, hmm. um, you know. But growing up, and once my father and mother stopped bitching to us children about each other, it became aware. I became aware that that was by far a a a the right choice to make, and made my life better because of. Um, because if that, if that marriage had continued, it probably would have been a really, really bad childhood. Hmm. It's interesting that some of your best memories don't involve what I feel like a lot of today's kids' best memories are, which is, you know, like money or get, you know, you ask people now, you know, what's your, what was one of your favorite memories or best memories? And it's like, when I got this gift or when we did this and a lot of times values involved. Yep. I think that that's. And I think there probably was a time when that was important. Well, not because of the way I grew up. Money wasn't as important as like my mother just taking us to the beach, which cost nothing but gas. It was a free beach. Even back then, even in my early 20s, was a great memory. I was never big on on materialistic things, but that's because growing up, those, you know, we, we couldn't count on material. We couldn't count on the new radio or the new tape we wanted. You know, it wasn't something that that we could count on getting. So we were forced to place value on a much deeper level. And I think you're right, because that's one of the things I said about my daughter is she thought we were poor growing up. And I kept telling her, you have no idea what poor is. When you take breadcrumbs to school as a snack, because that's all you have in your cupboard. You know, that that's poverty. You have no idea what poverty is. And that's because I've prevented you from experiencing it and and i think back i'm like if she had experienced it how would that change her values on things so what do you think is your best memory of your daughter um man that is a hard one especially it was so recent event uh she told me that on sunday that she just gave birth to her third child oh wow and already gave already had it signed up for adoption before it was born. 
Um, best memory. Now, was this the first conversation you've had in a long time, or was there conversations oh, yeah. leading up to this? No, no. Uh, we had one conversation before that where she told me she was pregnant. And then she said she was doing a week or so, and then I got a message on Sunday saying she had gone into labor. Yeah, she called me on the anniversary of mom's passing, and I told her when she called, I said, "You need to remember before you even start speaking, you need to remember when you're what what this weekend is." And um, and then she texted me a week later saying that she uh, she had given birth or she was going into labor at two o'clock in the morning. I never responded to her. Um, did she know what the weekend was when you said that? Oh, yes. Yep. Well, she said she did. But then she, the entire conversation was talking about her. And at the end, she said, I feel much better talking to you. I'm like, you feel much better talking to me because your whole point of calling was to, seeing, to see if I'd hang up on you. And that's where the conversation left. Um, and Now, do you but, view that as a door to the future? Uh, I, I, I... I view that as a closure. I I don't expect to ever hear from her again. I, I said some pretty brutal things in that conversation, and I don't expect I'll hear from her again, um, which is fine. But um, the uh, as far as good memories of her, that all my all my memories of her are now clouded. The things that I once would say were good memories are now clouded with, I think they were all fake. And it's hard for me to say it was, you know, like, like the, the nights that we would go out and we would do father, daughter, dinner and a movie. Yep. Uh, I can't look at those now without thinking that they were fake or there was an ulterior motive for her or, you know, I, I, I have a hard time viewing them in a positive light anymore. Hmm. But surely you have to take into consideration that even bad memories involving you were not done with that malicious intent or uh, covert planning, I guess you could say. Yeah, and, and that's what I, and that's definitely what I would like to believe. Um, but there's been so many places where where she has proven over and over again, she's always going to choose herself over anyone else. And so that's where, that's where that, like I said, that clouds things a bit. Cause so I can never know for sure if, if there was any plan behind that, that action. Um, I will say that I, I can share one of the happiest memories of her is when she was two or three years old and I was at work. I had to work a double. I was in a very foul mood all the way home, like swearing out loud in the car by myself on the way home. And I walked through the door and she came screaming out of her bedroom, daddy, 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 with her arms open and a big smile on her face. And all of a sudden everything that happened that day just went away. And so I can, I can say that that was, Probably that that is one that I can say for sure was a was a great memory of her. <clears throat> nice. I think that uh, it's time to remind everybody 
who has a good memory, that we are a value for value podcast. You should go to two J's in a pod.com, slap that donate button, and give us some good memories going forward. If you don't want to donate with any cash, feel free to send us a note, a song, a jingle, a idea, art, anything we can use for the show or that you want to share with us, we'd love to have. You can always Boobie reach pictures. out to me at what? Boob pictures. Pictures of titties. I'll Topless take titties. Topless pits. 100%. One of the best value for value you can get <laughs> is topless picks. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you as well. You're always available to reach out. Justice at 2jsinapod.com. Or John at 2jsinapod.com. You know, give us a note. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. Hey, do we have any misconnections this week? I mean, are there still pathetic and sad people in the world? Well, I'm sitting right here. You don't have to be so mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at what selection we have for our missed connections. And anybody who is listening right now, it is currently May 19th. Yes, it is. Our recording schedule has changed, so. Yes. Um. Here we go. This one is called Mardens and Brewer. Oh, that's a great start. <laughs> I saw you yesterday at Mardens and Brewer and gave you a business card. You are radiant. I would like to talk with you. Please call or text. Waiting patiently. Michael. Oh, even put name to it. Um, here's the deal. If you gave them a business card, I don't <laughs> know really think <laughs> I don't really think you need a misconnection. No, no. They 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 have your number. They have they have your contact information. Well, provided you're not an idiot and don't know how business cards work, you just handed her a card that said Michael on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> people gotta love people. Or actually put Michael and then put a link to the misconnections on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for $40, you can call me Michael. <laughs> wow. It, unbelievable. Okay. You should have talked to her when you saw her at Martin. That's right. <laughs> All right. Our next one is Irving. Hi there. Total long shot here. You work morning slash days at this location. I've seen you a few times, but have been too shy to really do more than small chat to make conversation. I think you're really nice and would like to get to know you. So, I have been too shy to really do more than small chat to make conversation. I mean, you're there. As opposed to a large (laughs) chat, right? You know, so you're already there. You're already engaging in conversation outside of the transaction. Well, what is small chat? I think you're trying to say small talk, but... Yes, I think he is, too. I'm taking taking the fact that it is coming from Craigslist, so I'm I'm replacing some words for him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Um, But, you know, you're already there. You're talking about the weather. You're talking about the gas prices. Hey, if you ever want to chat, you know, you're right there. You're you're on the cusp, but you go home and put a misconnection out. You know, you've already you've already developed that 
engagement. So where's the harm in I don't get it. Well, it's also, isn't it interesting that you say, I think you're really nice and would like to get to know you. So I can find out you're psycho. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I think it's, Im- don't you think it's implied that you think they're really nice? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you ever, I think you're a complete scumbag and I want to get to know you better. Exactly. That's my point. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's it seems, it's just a, not a bad, just a funny choice to be like, oh, oh yeah. you know, I think you're really nice. Like now that other guy I, I said a misconnection to, I didn't think he was nice. I kind of thought he was an asshole, but if he's available, I got time. <laughs> well, I would say because I've been thinking a lot about you know word usage, and it's like I thought of the word indisposed. In is a neg- negative. Disposed means thrown away. So wouldn't indisposed be not thrown away? <laughs> <laughs> or is it shortened for indisposal? That may be, but I was, you know, I was sitting there because of, you know, the Latin, you know, in the, you know, uh, invalid indigestion, you know, you know, they're all, they're all, uh, what's the, I can't even think of the, I'm old. So while I, while I seem to know what Latin is, I can't remember the, the different terms. Um, it's a negation, you know, it's supposed to make something the opposite. Yeah. Um, and so indisposed would to me would say not disposed. <laughs> yeah, you're not and, wrong. Um, but yeah, it's like, yo, know, people, it's like, yo, know, the best pizza in town. No one says we're the worst pizza in town. <laughs> Correct. <clears throat> Although I did see a sign once that's, and I think I've said this on the show before. I did see a sign once that said that, that said, um, something to the effect of the food's all right, but we're nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, a truthful hey, review. That's an honest, honest, you know, advertisement I can stand behind. <laughs> and our last misconnection today is called Bayside Bowl. Love at first sight. You came up to me, and I shared my beer and shot with you. You said you were from here, but you weren't bowling. Maybe I misunderstood you, but it felt like once we locked eyes, that was it. And then you walked away, and I'm left wondering if it was just a dream. Wow. Casting over right there. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, this is just weird. I'm in a bowling alley. I'm apparently drinking, and somebody comes up and asks to share my beer and my shot? How do you share a shot with somebody? I mean, there's not really much to a shot. (laughs) It's pretty much a sip. (laughs) If you came up to me and said, I would like to share your beer and your shot, and then took your sips and then just walked away, I think I'd be demanding my money back. Yeah, (laughs) Like, uh, hey, bitch, you just drank half my beer and my shot and then just walked away. And the pathetic guy, you know, just let her. <laughs> right. Like, he was just like, oh, oh, yeah, sure. I think it's love at first sight. 
And what I think is what I find funny, and, and this is going to delve into something that may be best for another show, but everybody's really quick to claim that men are sexist pigs. But it is common for a woman to use her sexuality to get what she wants from men. How is that not sexist? Yeah. I mean, again. Like a woman can get up in your face and scream and she knows that you best damn well not strike her. You know? Yeah. So she can say the shit to you that if it was a guy saying it would get his ass fucking knocked out. True. And, And I mean, ultimately. Yeah, I don't know. I think that you're 100% right, and I think that, you know, you you can't tell me women haven't taken advantage of chivalry or chivalrous guys. <laughs> right. I, just, I you can't believe that because, uh, again, I mean, you know, they want you to get as comfortable as you want to get. So. <laughs> and sometimes I don't want to see you comfortable. That's right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh... Oh, man. So it's been a good week. Almost over, thankfully. You're getting ready to go on your trip. I don't know if we're going to get yeah. another show before you're on your trip. We're going to try. Uh, John, any final thoughts today? Uh, yeah, it's summertime. Make the most of it, especially if you're in regions like ours where you only get a few weeks of it. You know, take advantage. You know, get outside, do some stuff. You know, make the most of it because... Before you know it, fall and winter will be here and we'll be back to the same old rut. True story. Uh, my final thoughts today are definitely send us those topless pics. We're waiting. Uh, everybody be safe, have fun, and we'll talk again soon. Peace out, little homies. GHF. <laughs>